1: Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, factory, red eyes will bean. dog man howling in the street, I'm typically skeptical what I see voodoo hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird swamp thing, is it real? I was
2: wondering, typical skeptic show, typical skeptic show. I have it i think we're recording and i gotta hit my intro guys welcome back to another episode of the typical skeptic podcast where we cover everything esoteric to conspiracy to health and esoteric, UFO, alien abduction, secret space program, all that stuff, and Unaki. But today we're going to be talking about uh, Tesla, Nikola Tesla, and someone who's went deep on Tesla. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy's written two books on Tesla, and he's, he de- he's not afraid to touch on the esoteric subjects of Tesla. And I like that. You know, he talks about Tesla's death beam. And, you know, it's not even that it's like esoteric. It's just this stuff's all proven. It's all Freedom of Information Act stuff. It's all stuff that other people don't want to touch for some reason or maybe other people don't know about. But um, and also we're going to be talking about ozone therapy and how that can be beneficial to the the human health uh, system. And uh, who I have with me is a prolific, awesome author. His name's Mark Seifer. He's a Ph.D. So he's a doctor author of more than 100 articles and a dozen books, including The Acclaimed Wizard, The Life and Times of Nikola Tesla. Having started in a five-part limited series, The Tesla Files, he has given lectures at Brandeis University, Oxford and Cambridge Universities in England, West Point Military Academy, and the United Nations. Seifer has been featured in The Washington Post, Scientific American, MIT's Technology Review, New York Times, The Economist, Nature, New scientists has appeared on Coast to Coast AM, BBC, NPR, All Things Considered, and the History Channel. And now he gets to make his debut on here, the Typical Skeptic Podcast. So, you know, he, wait, he waited for the best for last. No, I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, anyway, his website is www.markseifer.com. So that's markseifer.com. And I want to give him a big, warm welcome to the show. Mark, thank you for joining me. How are you?
3: Great, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, re- I'm really excited to kind of get into these topics with you. I know you've really done a lot of research and you, you, uh, you've written three books, two on Tesla and one on ozone therapy. Is that correct?
3: Yes. Yes. Uh, That's you know, awesome. A, there's a connection between the two. I, I would have never known about ozone therapy if it wasn't for Tesla. Um, I have to go back to 1984. I was speaking at the first uh, Tesla Centennial Conference at, in Colorado Springs. And uh, Andrea Puharic was going to be there. I'm sure you probably talked about Puharic, He's the guy who brought Uri Geller to the United States. And Puharic was going to speak about, um, it was woodpecker, woodpecker frequencies that maybe the Russians were controlling our brains by sending impulses all around the world, which was linked to what Tesla was talking about. But there was another guy. His name was Dr. George Freebot. And since I had a parapsychology journal at the time called MetaScience Productions, MetaScience Quarterly, I uh, attended this, this uh, lecture. And what Freebot talked about was something called ozone therapy. I'd never heard of it. And he's a medical doctor. And he said that he was treating a man dying of cancer, his body riddled with tumors. And he injected him with 97% pure oxygen, 3% ozone, and the tumors were shed and the guy was healed. Um, So this was a wild thing. And uh, since I taught parapsychology and been in that field, out-of-body experiences, astral projection, UFOs, all that stuff, this was just another far-out event for me. I didn't give it too much thought. But when I put my first Tesla book together, which was 12 years later, 1996, I looked up uh, Freebot, and I also looked up if there was any confirmation of this. And I found an article in Science Magazine by Sweet, K.O., and Lee, that ozone uh, actually disrupts uh, human cancer cells. So I stuck the little story about Dr. Freebot curing this guy. And I put in the end note, the science article, 1996, that's it. And then, you know, 25 years later, uh, out popped this pandemic. And so what I did was I began to look at Freebot again. And I found an article called, uh, I found a book called um, uh, The Story of Ozone edited by Saul Pressman, written in 1995, with 12 medical doctors, 12 medical doctors. Um, And all of them are saying that ozone kills viruses. So that's what got me started. And so what I did then was I wanted to contact ozone therapists. And this is is 2020. I I hadn't thought about this guy really in 35 years and maybe a little bit in 1996. That was it. And I located... Dr. Howard Robbins, who's an ozone therapist in New York City, and his buddy, colleague, Dr. Robert Rowan in Santa Clara, California. And what these two guys did was they flew out to uh, Sierra Leone in 2014 to deal with the Ebola pandemic. And Ebola happens to be 60 times more dangerous, more lethal than COVID. Uh, COVID has like a 2% death rate uh ebola has something like a 60 percent death rate and i'm thinking who in their right mind would fly out to an ebola hot zone uh but these guys have been ozone therapists for 30 years they said look we know that ozone kills viruses and we want to teach the medical personnel in sierra leone the president of the the, uh, country has invited us and who knows i mean if ebola spreads throughout uh, africa could wipe out the whole population there if it jumps continents We want to help. And that's really
2: what, what got me into writing this book. But what, what can you, okay, here's what I want to know. Like, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Like what exactly is ozone therapy and how is it applied? If you could tell my audience, like, so they get a better understanding, like if they want to seek this out and, you know, possibly, you know, get alternative healing, like how does one even look for an ozone therapist? Like I've never heard of it. Like, And I think there's reason for that. And if we want to get onto the conspiracy side of things, I think things like this are definitely covered up because they don't want us to know why, because they make money off cancer because they make money off vaccines because they make money off people suffering. You know, I I hate to say it, but it's true, you know? And I, I mean, like I'll have to probably edit this out or maybe put this on rumble or whatever, but I just want to speak freely about it. And like to speak freely, I think that's what happens. Like, you know I, I think this is definitely covered up because people make money off cancer and covid and and I mean would you agree or do you think that's going too conspiratorial No you've got, you got hit the nail on the head
3: I'm not a conspiracy buff either it's just I'm dealing with facts and so here I'm, I meet Dr. Howard Robbins and Dr. Robert Rowan they risk their lives to go to an Ebola hot zone to deal with Ebola which as I said is 30 times more lethal than COVID, you were you remember when when COVID first came out? I know for me, I was wearing gloves. I had the mask, you know. I, even when I went to uh, the gas station, I was afraid to touch the gas machine, you know. To, so I was afraid I'd pick it up from somebody. Or want to go to the bank and I get the thing out of the out of the uh, tube, you know, will I get the virus? From, you know, you get you get panic. And but COVID is, is a mild uh, disease compared to Ebola. So I'm afraid, you know. I remember, you know, fearing that. Uh, if, feeling that fear for COVID, who the hell would go to an Ebola hot zone? You'd have to have your head examined. These guys knew what they were doing. They knew that ozone therapy would cure uh, viruses, would kill uh, the virus. Now, how did they know that? Um, The problem is that, well, you asked what it is. What it is, it's, I mentioned it, it's the injection of 97% pure oxygen and 3% ozone into the bloodstream. Now, when Freebot talked in 1984, someone asked him the question, what about embolisms? He said, embolisms are caused by impurities. But if you put pure oxygen into the bloodstream, it will not cause an embolism. Um, about two years ago, I had a sonar on my heart and they wanted to inject the dye, a, a, gasoline, a gas dye into my uh, bloodstream radioactive so they could see the heart better. And she said, you will breathe it out. It won't come out any other way. It actually goes out through the breath. So they were injecting a gas into me. I didn't get an embolism. Obviously I didn't die. So medical community is doing something very similar. So that's really, you know, what it is. Um, What's so incredible about this story, it's the first chapter of of the ozone book. These two guys fly out to uh, Sierra Leone if Ebola had spread like COVID. Remember when, uh, I have this in in the book too, there was a new strain of COVID uh, in South Africa. It was the Omicron strain. The stock market that day dropped a thousand points and within a week, it was around the entire world. Everybody was dealing with the Omicron uh, variant. Ebola, thank heavens, thank God, whatever you want to thank, doesn't spread as easily. Uh, you have to have much closer contact, but COVID has spread through the air. So they trained medical personnel. They actually injected ozone into the uh, arm of the president of Sierra Leone. And they stayed there a week. They taught about 100 medical personnel there. And then the World Health Organization called up the head of the health department at Sierra Leone and said, if you use ozone therapy, we will withdraw our funding, which was millions of dollars dealing with caskets, dealing with medical equipment, and they forced uh, uh, Sierra Leone not to use ozone therapy. Now, five people, four medical doctors and one person who was a, a girlfriend of a medical doctor got Ebola. They had to secretly get ozone therapy and they were cured. And Robbins and Rowan wrote about this in a, in a scientific article, uh, which is published in one of the science journals, that ozone therapy killed the Ebola virus. So to answer your question how it works, it's really simple once you get down to it. Viruses have what's called a lipid envelope, an outer shell, an outer skin. Unlike humans or any animal, animals have the ability to self-repair. Viruses do not have that ability. Ozone is a disinfectant. It's used in hospitals all the time to disinfect rooms that have been polluted, Las Vegas uses it. Smoke-filled rooms. When nobody's there, they use the ozone to uh, clear out the room. Uh, The ozone uh, layer protects the planet uh, from pollution and on and on. Um, So we have the ability to self-repair. So if I cut my arm, you'll see a scab will form and it'll heal. If you put a tiny tear in a virus, it will die. That's its Achilles heel. And what ozone does is it causes a tiny tear in the lipid envelope and it'll kill Ebola and it'll kill uh, uh, COVID and it'll kill herpes, it'll kill hepatitis, it'll kill malaria. It kills almost any virus, West Nile, on and on and on. And so you're right, it's a threat to big pharma. uh, And and, uh, I believe very strongly that this pandemic would have never occurred uh, if they had not denigrated the ozone therapists. So you asked how to contact them. There are about 350 ozone therapists, most of them are medical doctors around the country. The FTC sent them warning letters. I have the warning letter in the book. The actual letter that was mailed to these doctors said, if you put on your website that you can uh, successfully treat COVID, we will uh, will take you to federal court and we will sue you. Now, these medical doctors do not want to get into a legal battle with, with the federal government. So they simply withdrew and they became silent about it and uh, they were you know uh, carefully treating anybody who came who had COVID. Uh, Dr. Robbins, who's in New York has, has successfully treated over 100 COVID patients. Dr. Robbins in uh, Dr. Roman in uh, California successfully treated uh, more than 60 COVID patients. Dr. Howard Lieberwitz in Los Angeles, right on his website, he talks about his success in treating. COVID patients with ozone and then getting the FTC uh, letter and having
0: to take this down. Uh,
3: Lieberwitz, Howard Lieberwitz uh, out in L.A., Um, so, to find ozone therapists, just Google it online, and you'll you'll see.
2: Well, here, here's my thing: like, I I had COVID, and I had it. I think I had it twice. I know I had it once. I remember. I remember the day I got it. My my me and my girlfriend were. Uh, I just met my girlfriend, and we were kind of hooking up a lot then. You know what I mean? So like, you know, like you're swapping spit. Right. So, I mean, right in the middle of the pandemic, we're doing this, like, and we, we had just met, but I mean, like, so I remember she calls me the next day and we're both sick and she's like, I tested myself. She's like, I have COVID. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I, I tested myself. I had it too. And it wasn't that bad. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not down Cause I know a lot of people have died from it or whatever, but like, honestly, I just slept a lot, you know, and I had a bad, I mean, I remember one of the things I took for it was I took, um, Oh man, what is the name of it? She gave me it. it, it it's a, it was a lifesaver. It's, um, but, but it, that, that's, that's a side note. I, I, when I think of it, I'll tell you, but, um, it, it, uh, shit. But anyway, what I was saying was I was thinking, I mean, so that's cool. I th- they think it's great if it can cure COVID because for some of the more serious cases of COVID, that would be amazing. But what I was thinking of was when we're talking about cancer, we're talking about, I think we're, I think cancers damage DNA, right? And then I heard that you have to have like an epigenetic trigger to like, to set that cancer off. So, like, how does the, does, is, am I right about that? And then, like, how does the, the ozone kill the cancer? Is, is it just like, rec- recorrect the DNA or am I way off there or like, am I close or? There are different forms
3: of cancer. So a a cancer that is viral-based is much more uh, uh, susceptible to being successfully treated with ozone therapy. The key, this is the whole key, and your listeners, I'm hoping your listeners will simply write down the name Paul Wentworth, W-E-N-T-W-O-R-T-H. In 2001, Dr. Wentworth, he's a chemist at Scripps Institute, discovered that our own antibodies manufacture ozone. Now, what ozone is, it's O3. Oxygen in the atmosphere is O2. If you hit oxygen with a high frequency, you know, uh, UV light, ultraviolet light, you will convert O2 into O3. Um, our bodies have an electrical system inside it. So over literally hundreds of millions of years, our body has learned how to manufacture key disinfectants to protect us one of them is ozone another is hydrogen peroxide which is h2o2 water is h2o so you know i will tell you a quick story uh we put up a wreath in front of the house two days later there was a full nest that a finch uh put there how the heck did the finch build this incredibly beautiful nest like that mother nature is very intelligent in my research I discovered that if you uh, take a glass of ocean water, you can drink a glass of o- ocean water, it won't kill you. It's got 10,000 viruses in it. We are protecting ourselves from viruses all of the time and we're protecting ourselves from cancers all of the time. So the key here is that our own body manufactures ozone to kill microbes, bacteria, and uh, viruses and hydrogen peroxide as well. Um, so that's the key. So you're asking about what's going on here. What ozone therapy is, is it's augmenting what our natural immune system is already doing. One thing I, I studied too, which is so obvious, but it became profound to me. When that um, earthquake occurred in Turkey, there were people that were buried for seven, eight, nine days, and they came out and they're alive and they're okay right now. You can go seven, eight, nine days without food. But you can't go more than four or five minutes without oxygen or you die. That's how important oxygen is. And ozone is a, is, a, is a hyper form of oxygen. It's just an injection of two forms of oxygen into your system. And that augments the immune system and also kills bacteria and viruses and microbes. So that's you know some of what I learned in the writing of the book.
2: Well, um, how many, I mean, in, have you done any research on how many times someone needs to get treatments to fully dismantle cancer? Like does someone need to go to multiple ozone treatments or does one time do it and that's it? I'm guessing one time doesn't do it right. They probably need at least a couple sessions to get it out of there. And is it, is it a hundred percent foolproof or like what's, I don't think it's a hundred percent
3: foolproof. And, um, uh, the same thing with COVID, you know, it's, it's a, it's a treatment. But what Dr. Robbins has told me, it's like anything else you you have to, you know, like you take a vitamin pill, you don't take one vitamin pill for in a month, you take a vitamin every single day. So you need ozone therapy, if you're really sick. Here's what really got me. Um, There was a study done by Dr. Alberto Hernandez in Spain, Ibiza, Spain, he took 18 COVID patients, this is way before the Vaccines had really been rolled out and he gave nine ozone therapy and the other nine he treated them the normal way that they normally treated. The nine who got ozone therapy that had COVID uh, were out of the hospital on average of seven days as compared to 28 days. So you have a clinical study that was done, which is dramatic. I know it's a small group of people, but it's a very dramatic, uh, statistically significant finding. So we contacted hospitals in New York and in California. We even had a a, a route all the way up to to Governor Gavin Newsom. We knew that one of the guys who helped get him elected to uh, the mayor of San Francisco, and he was friends with Newsom and 18,000 people a month were dying in in California. They would not let Dr. Rowan go into a hospital for seven or nine days and go into the ICUs and treat uh, people dying of uh, uh, COVID. And what's so amazing to me, the, the federal government has come down on ozone therapists. They didn't come down on ventilators. Hundreds of thousands of people died on ventilators. And the reason that they died on ventilators, that no one dies of COVID. What they die of is an overreaction of the immune system, which the killer T-cells not only kill the COVID cells, they also start killing the lungs, and so they, this, it's a self-destructive form. And that's why, uh, that's what's killing the people. It's not, it's called a cytokine storm. Um, so it, it, I don't know. So I've been living, you know, I taught parapsychology for 15 years. So I've lived in a, in a very bizarre world my whole life too. But I've been living in the twilight zone because I gave this information to more than 50 senators and congressmen. I gave it to uh, a dozen or more uh, governors. I sent it to President Trump, Vice President Pence. I sent it to uh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Birx, Dr. JHA, Dr. Walensky. I sent it to President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, on and on and on and on. I sent it to the editor-in-chief of the New York Times, the editor-in-chief of the Wall Street Journal, the editor-in-chief of the Washington Post, the editor-in-chief of Time Magazine, and none of them would publish this uh, study about Alberto Hernandez, a medical doctor with six other medical doctors, doing a clinical study, uh, coming up with this finding. It, it, it's astounding. It's just astounding to me. That's the world that I have entered
2: this is the type of stuff that people get murdered over. You know, I've seen it time and time again, like, because like, you know, like they, they don't want, they don't want this type of stuff to get out. They'll label, well, what they'll do first is they'll label it as pseudoscience. Like they'll say, Oh, this is pseudoscience. It's unreliable. You know, like they kind of did when, um, people were sent when 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 I think it was Trump said to take ivermectin or whatever, like they said it was bullshit. You know what I mean? But like, there was probably some, some, uh, I think Rogan, Joe Rogan said there was some like, some validity to that. Like that it was actually like Joe Rogan took it and he actually, you know, but like Joe Rogan's a millionaire, he probably took a lot of vitamins and everything else to get better from COVID. But I mean like, um, yeah, like they'll label it as pseudoscience. And if it goes real far, then they murder people to keep it quiet. Cause they don't want, they don't want this out. I really believe that. I really truly believe that. Like, I believe we're living in the upside down world. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to do right for humanity. I mean, I hate to say that because I'd like to think that I'd like to have a more positive outlook on the world. But like I just like from what you're telling me and like what I've seen dealing with this whole pandemic and stuff, I just think that like we're up against it, you know?
3: Yeah, I kind of see uh, ozone therapy uh, like what digital photography did to Kodak camera. I think once ozone therapy gets accepted, it'll have to get accepted at some point in the future. It's just too powerful and and too Easily and too fundamental. And again, it all comes back to Wentworth, who discovered in 2001 that our own antibodies manufacture ozone. So, how could it be dangerous if our
2: own antibodies are actually producing this? Um, But I got a question for you. You've taught parapsychology for 15 years. So obviously, you know a lot probably about UFOs or you probably know a good amount about UFOs. So you've probably heard of Dr. Greer and you've heard of other people who said that we have we've had this anti-gravity technology for a long time. So we supposedly we've had the ability to take, you know, Ben Rich, CEO of Lockheed Lockheed Skunk Works said we have the ability to take ET home. Okay, but why isn't that mainstream or why isn't it getting out or why don't we have anti-gravity technology or why don't we have free energy? If you know, because that would that would possibly mean free energy as well. And I know why, because they don't they don't want this stuff to get out, because if it got out, it would change the way humanity is. And that would put a big dent in other people's pockets. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I I go back to, to Nikola Tesla. He he said, you know, remember the the Edison light bulb. You'd turn the light bulb and you'd burn your fingers because it was so hot. He said, why make a light bulb that produces 90% heat? Why not just create a light bulb that just produces light? So he invented fluorescent lighting. He invented fluorescent lighting in the 1890s. And you see the picture of him holding, you know, the the globe. uh, So it's a wireless, cold light. Fluorescent lighting didn't come into the 1940s. Uh, the, the J.P. Morgan people sat on that invention for 40 years. <clears throat> and the reason they did was it was built in obsolescence. They wanted you to buy Edison light bulbs because they would last six or eight months or a year and a half. If you were lucky and they would pop out and you'd have to buy a new one. Uh, uh, fluorescent lights. I have a fluorescent light over the kitchen. It's on. I, I, I never turned it off. It's on for 10 years. It just stays on. Um, so. It's, that's what it is. It, it, so I think just as fluorescent lighting eventually knocked out the Edison light bulb, I think eventually ozone therapy will knock out a lot of the the, uh, the medicines that we see. I, I'm a news junkie, so I watch CBS or NBC News uh, when it comes out, you know, Lester Holt or uh, O'Donnell, uh, Norah O'Donnell. And most of the ads are um, medicines. And then they read the... Uh, you, the side effects and some of the side effects, and some of these are actually death. You know what I mean? Have you ever listened to these? That yes, one of the side effects yeah. is death. And so they list all of these horrible side effects. And I think that a lot of those medicines uh, could be wiped out by simply injecting into the body oxygen and a tiny little bit of ozone, augmenting what the immune system is already doing. But I, you also mentioned vitamins and stuff. Uh, that's important too. Vitamin C, for instance, um, is very important. But so are the other vitamins, vitamin D, etc.
2: Why? Why? Why do they say? I mean, like, I mean, like, you mean, like, in fighting COVID, cancer, or just in everyday life? Like, you mean, like, vitamins? Because, uh, like, or, or you mean, like, or you mean, like, when you're augmenting with the ozone therapy? Is it like? Well, you, you, you just read about the history of vitamin
3: C. We need vitamin C. It's very important. People got scurvy because they didn't get enough vitamin C. Uh, rickets is caused by l- lack of certain vitamins. Uh, goiter, the swelling of the neck, that you need uh, iodine. There are certain key elements that you constantly need uh, to keep yourself healthy. And that's all I'm saying is to, is, to, is to look at, you know, I looked at diseases, I have a little section in the book, at what diseases are caused by lack of certain vitamins.
2: Yeah, that's that's interesting. I know I, if we can, I kind of wanted to um, get into the like the next topic, which was uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Tesla, because before the podcast, before we started, we were talking about how Tesla might have been the the amazing things that Tesla's done. And I kind of want to get into like a little bit of the esoteric stuff, because I know a little bit of the mainstream stuff, but I, I kind of want to talk about, you know, the death ray. Um, if he was possibly, you know, communicating with people from other worlds um, and, and, and any other weird stuff you or not weird stuff, any interesting stuff you might want to share about Tesla that you think that would, would be uh, would be really cool
1: Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's bluehost.com Wondersuite.
3: You know what's so strange about this story? Because I taught parapsychology, I learned about Tesla. Tesla was kept alive. <clears throat> excuse me, in the UFO organizations. The only way in the 1970s and the early 80s you could get any book on Tesla was through a UFO organization. I got a book of his patents from a UFO organization. And the reason is he was kept alive in the occult. Um, In 1899, he received three pulse frequencies on his equipment out in Colorado Springs. And he thought that they came from Mars. There was a lot of belief in life on Mars at that time. Uh, Percival Lowell, who was the brother of the president of Harvard University, had a huge telescope out in Flagstaff, Arizona, and he photographed what we call the canals of Mars. They thought that the Martians had uh, um, they had uh, you know cultivated the entire planet, and they had canals so that they could grow crops all over the whole planet. This wasn't true, but there was a subconscious belief, you know, that there was life elsewhere, and they thought Mars was the most likely. So this concept is called the plurality of worlds. Um, when you really study the universe, we cannot be the only species that has intelligence. It's just the universe is just too vast. It's even our own galaxy. It takes 100 million years for light to travel from one end of the galaxy to the other end. I mean, it's, it's just incomprehensible. And there are hundreds of millions of galaxies, hundreds of billions of galaxies. So in in another book that I wrote called Transcending the Speed of Light, um, our mind probably is operating in a tachyonic realm uh, faster than the speed of light. And I calculated that that would be C squared. You know, C cubed, you could get from one end of the galaxy to the other end almost instantaneously. So I think the extraterrestrials, the the higher intelligences, have learned how to jump into hyperspace and, and communicate with us. Now, whether or not the, the, the extraterrestrials are physically here, whether they can physically travel through hyperspace uh, is another whole question. But I think uh, being able to communicate on that level uh, certainly is possible. And Tesla was an, a, a strong believer uh, in the plurality of worlds, that there were other intelligences all over the universe. Um, and then it gets esoteric as to, you know, did he land here at the the right time to protect us? Because when he came in with the hydroelectric power system, uh, they were all using coal-operated power plants all over the planet, every mile across the planet. And there was tons of coal into the atmosphere. It was very, very polluted. And I think that Nikola Tesla should be credited as the single most important person for helping down global warming because uh, uh, the hydroelectric power system really is a utopian dream. It's non-polluting, and from Niagara Falls, you can't. You're in Pittsburgh. From Niagara Falls, you could actually send power all the way from Niagara Falls to, to Pittsburgh, to Philadelphia, to Boston, to New York, all over the Northeast. And it's uh, pollution-free, and it's renewable energy. As long as Niagara keeps falling, you have that power source. Um, so that's why the, the the mystical side of Tesla is is linked. There's another whole story linked to him too, but. That's some of Wait,
2: the- I, I'm going to get back into Tesla, but I just wanted to ask you this real quick. Do you believe we're being visited? Because I, I really do, you know. And I, I, I've argued about the. I mean, I, I don't argue with anybody because I, I, don't, I don't really have a skin in the game as far as like anything that I can prove. But like I've, I've studied like a lot of the early like abduction pioneers, like David Jacobs, Bud Hawkins, um, Professor John Mack, Carla Turner, uh, Barbara Barthelik. Um They all felt that we were being like visited now I don't know how we're being visited and I I don't think they really knew either whether it's interdimensionally or whether it's you know physically but like it seems like something is happening people are you know like the abduction cases were you know like they were rampant in the 90s the early 2000s the the 70s 80s all in the all into the 90s Um, just and the reason why I ask is I didn't mean to go off on a tangent like I just like for someone that studied parapsychology for a long time. I just wanted to get your opinion because I figured you have to have an opinion on this. Like,
3: yeah, um, you know, there's all different levels to this. One of the things that intrigues me is the shroud. Uh, the shroud is a is a is an image of the back and front of of Jesus Christ. I mean, it just is. Uh, it's two thousand years old. After he died, there was a tremendous release of energy, and you have a negative of his image. When you reverse the negative, you have a positive and you see an actual photograph of what this guy looked like. Um, some people say it's only from the 1400s or whatever. I don't think so. I think I think that uh, that guy was tapped in. Another guy today who's tapped in is Uri Geller. He's a good friend of mine. Now, if you read about Geller's life, it's it reads like science fiction. It just doesn't uh, it's just it's hard to believe he himself doesn't believe it um when he was about four years old a globe of light struck him in in the in the in the forehead and he began to you know he'd be eating with his mom and the spoons would start bending um so he got the ability to uh, to bend metal uh psychically um so when andrea Puharic got a hold of him took him to SRI, Stanford Research Institute in California, Geller passed every single one of these tests. And people that are skeptical and don't believe in him, look at the, the book called The Geller Papers, which is edited by Charles Panati and you'll see all the scientific studies that were done with this guy. Um, it, telepathy, it, you know, and he himself is amazed at his abilities. Uh, he's a very positive guy. But it just seems to me he has strong belief in UFOs. He believes, I think, that he's been zapped by higher beings, and they—you know—they choose people every once in a while on the planet. Um, Jesus is another obvious choice, um, and and you know we look at this m- miracle. There's a little, there's a—it's a one-minute uh, interview with Be- uh, with Netanyahu, who's the prime minister of Israel, and he tells this story. He said, "Look, I know Ariella, you know, very well." He said he came to a restaurant one day and everyone's saying, bend my spoon, bend my spoon. And Gellis said, no, no, come on, do it. So he said he stared at everybody and everyone's spoon in the restaurant bent. He said, now you tell me how he did that as a trick. And then and Netanyahu then goes on to say, uh, you know, but what's more important than that is he's a real friend. He's, he uses the term, he's a mensch, you know, he's a good man and he is. He's just a good positive guy he's a very positive force um and so there's different levels of of this so you've got you know the lower level of people knocking on the door wanting to convert you know the uh, um to their form of religion and they drive you nuts and then there's this higher form uh that there's something else going on i see it as a hierarchy of consciousness we are amazing what we can do Uh, We can read, we can write books, we can invent the airplane, the remote control, the television, all that stuff. But we can't be the smartest things in the universe. It has to be something smarter than us. Our immune system is smarter than us, for instance. Our immune system is protecting us. Um, But I think that, that there's a hierarchy of consciousness. And assuming that to be the case, every once in a while, they... They poke a little bit and they, they, they give us a little spark, but they pretty much leave us alone is what I think uh, is, is happening. We're on our own. Adolf Hitler, Rose, they didn't come in and stop the Holocaust from happening. There were holocausts happening right now in Ukraine. Uh, the, 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 they have the ability, supposedly, you've probably read this stuff, of disabling all our nuclear weapons. And the reason why the UFOs started to show up in the 40s was probably because of the explosion of the nuclear bomb that they said, oh, my God, they finally discovered this. You know, we have to monitor this thing. So it's very possible uh, that we're being monitored uh, so that we don't destroy this beautiful, wonderful planet uh, that we have. Um, and so, I don't know. I think in terms of the hierarchy of consciousness.
2: Well, do you think that, like, Tesla was being um, – do you think Tesla was, uh, was, like, a being of, like, do you think like, I mean, like I, I've heard people say that they thought Tesla could have possibly been from Venus, but I think there's a lot of proof that he was a, a real human being that he, I don't think he was from somewhere else, but like, I, I think he was definitely someone of higher consciousness. I think he could have been what, what we would consider today, like a star seed. you know, someone who was brought onto the earth to make change. Like that's what they say. Star seeds are. They say star seeds come from other worlds and they incarnate on this planet to make change. That sounds exactly like what Tesla was. It sounds like Tesla was an early star seed. You know, like a star from the 1890s. Does that make sense or no?
3: I completely and utterly agree. Look at, you know, when when Spielberg made E.T. or, or Close Encounters, why were these films so well loved? Because subconsciously, we all have this belief. We can't be alone. There's got to be something else out there. And so you see the popularity of it. Uh, there was a book called uh, Return of the Dove. Uh, and this book, suggested that Tesla was born from another planet, that he came to the earth to give us hydroelectric power system, the induction motor, remote control, wireless communication, robots, um, fluorescent neon lights, etc. And this book was morphed into another book called The Man Who Fell to Earth. And The Man Who Fell to Earth was made into a movie that starred David Bowie, the rock star. So that was like 1976. So when they made the prestige which is a movie about uh, Tesla's in it they chose David Bowie because he' kind of played Tesla as an extraterrestrial in, in the 1970s so there's this is, it, it's 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 what the occult is all about it's what you're all about you know you are tapped into this other thing and it's a, and, and I agree I like the word skeptic because we should be skeptical we have to be irrational about this I see myself as a scientist I'm looking for for facts but I But I'm aware that there's this greater knowledge. What our immune system is, it's the product of literally hundreds of millions of years. We now, look at an airplane. How the heck does this giant piece of metal get off the ground? I mean, when you really look at it, it's ridiculously, it's ridiculous. And the only reason that we have ever learned to fly is we studied birds. No, how, how did a bird learn to fly over hundreds of millions of years, chance mutation and survival of the fittest? They learned to eventually do that. Porpoises started on land and eventually they're, they're in the water. So it's, we now, we can learn from what what took Mother Nature hundreds of millions, of years, and we can do this almost overnight. That's partly what ozone therapy is. It's simply augmenting what Mother Nature has taught us over hundreds of millions of years and having that reverence. For Mother Nature, for this intelligence that's that's underneath it all, you know. If the uh, sixty minutes just had the whole show on on AI, what what's wrong with Darwin's theory, chance, mutation, survival of the fittest? What he's missing is first cause. Why does the spider want to live right from the start, or why does the fly want to live f- from the start? Uh, evolution can't tell you that. There's something imbued inside all of these animals that want to survive. And and evolution doesn't explain that. Evolution will explain how the giraffe gets a longer neck and, and why a cheetah can run faster. But they can't explain first cause. That that first spark that makes any animal, insect, whatever, uh, you know, just just want to stay on the planet.
2: That's interesting. That's really interesting. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you, we've been going about, let me see here, we've been going about 40 minutes. We have, I I have like 20 more minutes. I mean, I want to ask you about Tesla's death ray. Do you think that was a reality? And like, do we have any proof of it?
3: This is a great story. I wrote my first book, you know, uh, Wizard of Life and Times of Nikola Tesla. It's, uh, let's see, it's this book. And it, you know, it's very successful. It's even every once in a while. It's number one on, on, on Amazon. And it, it, it's, it's set up, you know, uh, chronologically. I follow it every single year of his life. In fact, I literally know Tesla's life better than I know my own. I know what he did in 1892, 1893, 1894. I don't know what I did in 1992, 1993, 1994. I know generally, but not specifically. Um, so I literally got a call from Hollywood to uh, star in this television show called The Tesla Files. And uh, that was in 2017. So they flew me out, first class to Hollywood, and we helped design this show. I got to come up with new stuff. So I looked at all of my uh, the secret papers, the FBI papers, the Office of Alien Property papers, um, and I began to do a lot more research. And what I learned was that Tesla was not just some old man in his elderly years feeding the pigeons and disappearing from history. He was actually negotiating. I, I, had, I got declassified documents from the Soviet Union uh, from some guy who sent it to me. Um, he was negotiating literally with Joseph Stalin to send him the details of the particle beam weapon. And, you know, the Soviet Union was eventually our allies you know, during World War II. Um, we found a letter from President Franklin Roosevelt wanting to meet with Tesla uh, Tesla died shortly after the letter was written, but the reason was the particle beam weapon. And the reason why he was negotiating with the war office in in Great Britain and Winston Churchill's people, et cetera, was because of the atom bomb. If Germany got the atom bomb, uh, they would win the war. How could we protect America from Germany flying over with a V2 rocket, which would skim along the ionosphere and drop it on New York or or Washington or Pittsburgh or whatever, uh, we might need Tesla's death rate, Tesla's beam. So your your ultimate question is, would it work? Today, they have not yet reproduced his death rate. Tesla was a genius, and when you look at all the details, and I cover a lot of it in, in this in the new book, uh, you know, Wizard at War, Tesla, Wizard at War. Um, but what what they have come up with is a rail gun. And with the railgun is based on the exact same principle. It's a principle of repulsion. So it's an electronic device that repul- repulses out an object. So instead of a giant cannon to shoot, at it, to shoot a plane, it's a much smaller object which can shoot out with a railgun. So I do think that, uh, to answer your question directly, I think that today's uh, uh, U.S. Navy's railguns are based on uh, the principles inherent in Tesla's particle beam weapon. Uh, so it has evolved, but it's not totally what he ex- what he hoped to achieve.
2: That's interesting. Um, and like, what else do you think Tesla was into? Like, I mean, I I know he had a big appearance at the World Fair, you know. Which uh, you know, there's been a lot of conspiracy theories about what went on at the World's Fairs and stuff like that. But like, what what else was Tesla doing that like w- would be interesting that uh, that people might not know about? In 1898,
3: he goes to. Uh uh, Madison Square Garden, which was the most beautiful building in, in, this, in New York City, it was the tallest building in New York City at the time, It was built in eighteen ninety by Stanford White, who designs his later tower, you know, at, at Warden uh, And it's he has a remote control robotic boat. Um, we yeah. all have, you know, you know the kids; they have these toy trucks, and they they put a device, and the truck goes left and right and, and scoots all, over the place. Tesla has a remote control boat, but he sees that boat as the prototype of a, of a, of a thinking machine. And this is, this is his words. He says in 1898, I have introduced a new species on the planet, not made out of flesh and bones, but made out of wires and steel. It has a mind of its own. It, it's a primitive mind, I've, I've imbued it with my mind, uh, but eventually this machine will be able to think for itself, will be able to reproduce itself. Now, who thinks about that even now? I just watched uh, 60 Minutes AI. We're talking about it now, a hundred and some odd years later. He's talking about that then. So his remote control robotic boat has within it a, a logic gate. He, it's, it's a primitive computer. He directs the boat with an on-off machine. He has a counterspring on the on the rudder. So when the spring is on, uh, the rudder is going in one direction. And when you shut off the, the uh, power, the, the spring pulls this way. And when you put the power back on, you can do it this way. So by turning the, the uh, object, the, the machine, on or off, zero or one, he's directing a boat. That is the basis of all computers. Um, so he's got a primitive computer. Uh, he has the TV remote, the garage door opener remote-controlled toys, um, uh, and also radio guidance systems. And also he has the introduction of what's called uh, cell phone technology, the ability to create unlimited number of wireless channels all in this one machine. And what he did was, if you look at the boat, it has two aerials. These are two different frequencies. So let's say there were only 10 frequencies available. Then you could only have 10 cell phones each one would have its own cell phone. But if you combine the frequencies, which is what he did in, in 1898, you have 10 times 10, you now have a hundred cell phones. And if you can get three frequencies, then you have a thousand cell phones. So when Tesla is telling JP Morgan in 1901, I can create an unlimited number of wireless channels. He really can. He is the inventor of cell phone technology. He's the inventor of remote control. He's the inventor of robots. Uh, he's the inventor of the first, you know, thinking machine. Um, all of that in this one invention, and I think he should have gotten the Nobel Prize uh, for the remote control robotic boat. So to me, I think that's his most amazing invention of all. I mean, that one blows my mind.
2: Yeah, that's fascinating. And one of the things that I'm I'm a big fan of was wasn't he? Wasn't he a? a, a, a I was a big Art Bell fan, and and I've, I've 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 always been a so I've always been a fan of radio because I I you know I like. I'm an eighties kid. So I, you know, I, I grew up in the eighties and I, you know, I was listening to Art Bell when he was on the radio back in, you know, the nineties and the early two thousands. And like, you know, that was back when like, now you can go on, you were a guest on coast to coast. So, you know, you can go on the coast to coast website and you can just listen to their shows on the internet. You know, it's not a big deal. But back when Art Bell was on, you know, you had to, you know, like tune your radio in and hope that you got it. And then if you were driving and you hit a spot, like it wouldn't always come through. But what I was going to say was Tesla was big for the, He was he made the radio, right? Like he was he was responsible for the radio. Correct.
3: Yes. In fact, he offered his invention to Marconi and Marconi said, I don't need it. And then in 1901, Marconi wrote an article that says, you know how you create a radio? you take a tesla coil and you do this and that and tesla freaked out because he's admitting he's using his own he's using tesla's equipment but he's saying he's not using it. Uh so tesla really is the inventor of the radio. What tesla invented was continuous wave frequencies. Marconi was just doing dots and dashes. He only had pieces of tesla's invention in 1901. It took him about 20 years before before Marconi's system became the the radio. But Tesla had it all the way back. He had a wireless telephone in in 1901. Uh, I think Tesla's failing was he built this huge tower. He ran out of money with Morgan. And rather than, I call it, you know, if he had studied football, he he would have dropped back and punted. If he had done smaller parts of it and just showed that he had a wireless telephone in 1901, he would have benefited. But he either wanted to do this giant tower or do nothing. He was not going to go have a piecemeal. And and so he eventually failed, really, uh, in that regard. But but the, the fundamental patents of his is the basis of, of radio communication.
2: That's fascinating. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I wanted to talk about before we... get. There, I'll put it this way. Is there anything else you want to share before we finish up for today?
3: Yeah, what I'd like to say is that Tesla's so such a positive figure. I've been studying him for for forty or more years, and I am still learning stuff about it. He had something called his dynamic theory of gravity. It took me ten years to figure it out. I discuss it in 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 the new book. And you're talking about you know extraterrestrials and all this. Uh, one of the books I studied was George Gamow's book, Thirty Years That Shook Physics. Gamow was friends with Einstein and Bohr and Heisenberg. He's one. Of, he's one of the elites of the history of quantum physics. And what Gamow said was that electrons spin at tachyonic realms, faster than the speed of light. And you need to spin at tachyonic realms in order to generate electromagnetic energy. This violated the theory of relativity. And so what happened was Adrian Dirac, well, Adrian Dirac came along and said, well, since it's violating relativity, Let's call particle spin the square root of negative one, which is an imaginary number. Dirac got a Nobel Prize for that. And the idea that particles spin faster than the speed of light got lost. The reason I bring this up is that particles are drawing energy from the ether. The ether exists, and it exists in the tachyonic realm. What I uncovered in my discovery of what Tesla's dynamic theory of gravity was, it's the absorption of ether by elementary particles. So everything is absorbing ether all the time. This phone is absorbing ether. This cup is absorbing ether. The earth is absorbing ether. So what we call gravity, I didn't know what gravity was. I thought I was attracted to the earth. That's not what Tesla's saying. What Tesla's saying is when you jump up, the reason why you fall back to the earth is you are in the way of this influx. The earth is absorbing a tremendous amount of energy, and when you jump up, you're in the way of that. And so Einstein spent 40 years trying to combine gravity with electromagnetism. He never completed it. It's called grand unification. What I realized was if Tesla's right, if if the Earth is absorbing energy and all the elementary particles are spinning at a very rapid rate as they absorb energy in this tachyonic realm, and transferring that into electromagnetism, that indeed is grand unification. So the culmination of my book, Tesla Wizard at War, I think at least philosophically solves a problem that Einstein spent forty years doing that he was never able to solve, and I literally just did it, you know, in a, in a minute and a half.
2: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, that, that's really interesting. Well, um, but well, just to summarize, like, can you tell everybody? where they can find your books and, uh, and where they can find your website. And thank you so much for doing this. This was amazing.
3: Yeah, again, I would like you guys that are listening to this, please uh, um, uh, Google Paul Wentworth and ozone so you'll see that I'm not making this up. Our own antibodies manufacture ozone. It's very important to realize this because the FDA has come out against ozone. It's a terrible thing. My books are, are available really on Amazon, Walmart, Target. They're all over the place, particularly online. Um, But I'm hoping that uh, I can alert Congress uh, to open their eyes to this because the real fear here for me is if we get a new virus that can uh, reproduce like uh, Ebola and spread like COVID, it'll be the end of civilization, literally, unless we use ozone therapy. That's how important it really is. And that's why I wrote this. I want to save lives. Uh, A million people died uh, in this last pandemic, and I think it's through sheer ignorance. I think ten years from now, I hope I hope it's just six months from now, <laughs> but they are going to look back and say how stupid uh, humans were in 2020. They, they were, you know, they were like leeches from the 1700s to cure people. Uh, that's how they're thinking uh, in, in 2020, and uh, So that's it. I mean, uh, I, I'm very happy to to, to meet you, Rob. I, I when you talked about star seeds. I think it's very true we just have to open our minds to to the wider reality and and uh you know and study mother nature realize that there's a greater intelligence out there and try to emulate that we invented the airplane because of that and tesla actually invented uh, radio communication because he studied the eye he said the eye picks up information from great distances as and the ear so he wanted to reproduce those products to create the radio so it, that's what it comes down to. Uh, I love your your idea of the star seed. I also love your logo that I'm looking at of uh, the extraterrestrial. I think, uh, you know, we probably are being watched, and hopefully they they are pretty much leaving us alone, but you know, helping us a little bit along the way.
2: I, I like to think so. You know, I I really do. I mean, I I hope so. I don't I don't know. You know, it's weird because with like a lot of these abduction cases, they're like. They're, they're like, you know, when you really like look, start to look into it, there's a lot of, you know, positive experiences and negative experiences. So like, you know, like I find myself like in the middle of it because I'm kind of like how Art Bell was I'm, or, you know, like how George Norrie is, you know, like I'm just the person who brings forth the information. So I get people who email me and say they're having alien contact all the time. I don't know what to do with that, except I say, well, you can come on the show and talk about it. But then, and then when I, when, and, and then a lot of them don't even want to come on the show. They just want somebody to talk to about it so that's when you got to really start to think well what's going on here because if someone emails me and they say they don't want to come on my show so they're not looking for notoriety and they're not looking for notoriety of any kind but they just have to tell this story because you know it's something that's you know they feel like they have to get it out but you know so that makes me think well maybe we really are being visited for that reason right there because I i could see if someone wanted notoriety right but i mean the amount of people that email me that are having contact that don't want any notoriety at all is it's it's a lot. It's a lot, you know, and um, and I think that speaks volumes, believe it or not, you know, to a certain degree, to a certain degree.
3: Yeah, I'm reminded really a Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Those guys that haven't seen it. I mean, it's a great movie. I think uh, Spielberg was inspired uh, when he made that movie um, Starseed, you know, getting that information from this higher this higher space. Um, and I think it's yeah. you know, just loving nature, You know, really appreciating the intelligence that's inherent in nature.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Well, uh, thanks Mark. This was amazing and, um, and thank you so much and uh, I'll, I'll send you a link when I post it.
3: Okay, Rob, great meeting you too.
1: Okay, thanks. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as fast as our nation?